What's up guys? <laughs> Salam Ramadan. Hari ini kita akan mendengar kisah-kisah teladan bersama Teha. Hope you guys enjoy it. In this episode, I want to keep the vibes as fun and light as possible. So we're going to be talking about something that I like and I think you guys will enjoy too. It's folklores. <laughs> like the local folklore by the way, not the album. So, as a kid, I enjoyed reading our local kisah dongeng more than the English fairy tales. Just because I felt like it hits closer to home and it's more relatable. Like the princesses probably look more like me and the setting of these stories happened where I am currently existing. I mean, Asians are so rich in culture, so each state had their own fair shares of interesting stories to tell. My mom knew that I really loved reading local fairy tales, so she would buy me himpunan kisah-kisah dongeng or kisah rakyat, and I would finish the book instantly. She even bought me A Thousand and One Nights, which isn't local, and to be honest, some of the stories doesn't really age-appropriate. Anyways, my personal favorites, local favorites, were um, Masuri, Batu Belah, Batu Betangkup, Sitanggang. Although, I do have some thoughts regarding Batu Belah, Batu Betangkup. I find it rather controversial because the mom in Batu Belah, Batu Betangkup is so... Um, I think the word is mentally unstable. She needs help. Okay, anyways... I always found these folklores or kisah-kisah teladan as something interesting to me because in the olden days, when people didn't have gadgets or TV or any electronic form of entertainment, people used to gather and socialize. Their form of entertainment at the time was dancing or sharing stories. So this is how we got our kisah teladan. This means that the stories that we know now were told from one person to another. So in that logic, someone actually created it or someone actually experienced it. I mean, for sure ada tokok tambah lah, but maybe there was someone yang kena tuduh curang and was killed or a mother who was so pissed at her children that she ran away. I personally believe there's more to the legend that we don't know And I also believe that there is some truth to it. I mean, if there isn't, then I really salute the person who created the stories. So, to commemorate my excitement, I want to share with you about my state's folklore. So, it's gonna be about Kesah Rakyat Sarawak. <laughs> Just a disclaimer, I will not be talking about these stories based on ranking. Just whatever that I remember. But number one is going to be about the infamous Putri Santubong and Putri Sejinjang. You probably already heard about these sisters from the song that was based on their legend. That song to me was so cool up until I went to high school. Then I got sick of it due to personal reasons. But I'm okay with it now. <laughs> the story is about Two sisters, Putri Santubong and Putri Sejinjang. They were both residents of Alam Kayangan. If I'm not mistaken, some sources say that they were cousins instead. But I like to believe they were sisters. I mean, it makes it more fun. <laughs> Anyways, these two sisters were like cats and dogs. 
they fought with each other so much to the point that their father was so annoyed. His resolution to his annoyance was casting them down to earth. He said, if y'all keep on fighting, I will curse you both. So they were sent down to earth to different villages. And their father was like, you have to resolve the issues between these villages. Because the villages were like them. Kuat bergado, berbala, Like there were no specific terms and conditions to the curse that I know of. He just told them not to fight with each other or I will curse you both. No warning of what kind of curse whatsoever. So the key was to never fight again. After they were thrown down to earth, they were infamously known as the hottest sisters in town. (laughs) They were both pretty and both of them had their own area of expertise. If I'm not mistaken, Putri Santubong was a penenun kain ternama, while Putri Sejinjang was an expert at menanam padi or was it sekam padi? I don't I don't know what sekam padi is to be honest, but I think I think it's that one. Putri Sejinjang was good at that one. So this kind of drove the economy of the two villages, and they did resolve the issues between the two kampung. So the princesses also started to develop a good and healthy relationship with each other. There weren't any bickering, fighting, no jealous-jealous. But everything was well until one day this hot-ass prince came into the picture. This prince was Putra Serapi. He came to both of the villages and won the hearts of both of the princesses. Basically, he started dating both of the princesses behind their back. One day, Putri Santubong and Putri Sejinjang were talking to each other. Both of them were talking to each other with the Nia to have a heart-to-heart session and asked the other sister, um, you know, that kind of talk. But as they were talking, they accidentally found out that they were dating the same guy. This is when all hell broke loose. They started fighting over who deserves Putra's Rappi more, who was prettier, who was better, and who was gonna back out for the other. But both of them were not ones to quit. So this fight between them lasted days until one day Putri Sejinjang was the first to start throwing hands. She hit Putri Santubong in the cheek. And as Putri Santubok was going down after she was hit, she threw something to Putri Sejinjang. Thus, in that moment, lightning struck and they were cursed. So Putri Santubong was cursed and became a mountain which is now known as Gunung Santubong. The cool thing is about Gunung Santubong, it actually looks like a woman laying down. And people actually claim that they can see the leko where Santubong was hit by Sejinjang. Meanwhile, Putri Sejinjang was obliterated and her body was scattered. She was cursed to be an island, which is now known as Pulau Kera. And I'm sure you're wondering what happened to that whole Srapi. He was sad that he didn't get neither of the hot sisters, so he became lonely and cried in the gunung, now known as Gunung Serapi. The end. <laughs> so that's the story of Putri Santubong and Putri Sujinjang. 
I have a few personal reviews regarding it. Let's start from the top. So this story started from their father. This story really shows the lack of effort from their father. He was too easily irritated. To be honest, there were other ways that he could have handled the situation, but he chose to curse them if they ever fought again. He basically committed murder when he cursed them like that. Like, tell me, which siblings don't fight with each other ever? He could have went to family therapy, talk it all out before, de-escalate the situation instead of just casting them down to earth. But he didn't. Personally, when I was told the story of Putri Santubong and Putri Sijinjang, no one ever told me that the moral value was not to fight with my siblings ever again. So it kind of didn't reach the point if that was, you know, his thoughts when he casted them down to earth to become a teladan. It did not. <laughs> Number two, Serapi was a two-timing cheating ho. He is the actual antagonist of this story. And in this essay, <laughs> but we rarely hear any emphasis on his behavior, his cheating behavior. He probably already knew that they, she, he was dating these two princesses from Alam Kayangan who were known to be envious of each other. But he just tried his luck like that. I mean, men are trash. Since Zamanolo, and that's that. Number three. It was also dumb of the sisters to have fought with each other when they should have attacked Sapi together. But I guess at the time, there were no girl power movement for them to realize that. I mean, if there was, they would know that they could both be pretty and both be good at things. They both didn't deserve to be treated that way. And number four, Sapi probably wasn't that hot anyways. So I rate this story a uh, 7 out of 10. <laughs> Next, I want to share with you this kisah. It's a story that I just discovered um, a few years back due to my own curiosity. It wasn't a story that I was told. I bet my mom doesn't even know this. But she was the one that triggered my curiosity. So, um, we were in Joho, I think. And my uncle, Nyong Sananjong, she he ordered ikan patin and my parents didn't eat it. Which is rare for them to deny fish. But she just told me, Ni boleh kita makan patin. And I asked her, why? To which she just replied, Ay, nang si boleh kita makan. Kelak makan. I mean, that's it. No explanation whatsoever. So I was curious. I googled it myself. So I googled health benefits of eating ikan patin. Didn't get me anywhere. Then I was trying to like, Kenapa orang Sarawak tak makan ikan patin? And that's when I discovered there's actually a legend to it. So let me share with you the story. Once upon a time, there was a nelayan named Awangading. He was fishing fishes and as he was going back, he heard a baby cry. He found a baby on a rock next to the place that he was fishing. So, he decided to take care of the baby, like his own child. He named the baby uh, Dayang Kumuna. Not Maimuna, but Kumuna. Both are all, like, really old people names, but this is an old story, so we'll give Awang Gading a pass on naming, naming the baby like that. <laughs> so, Dayang Kumuna grew up to become a beautiful lady. She had a close relationship with her father, 
and her father taught her many life skills, thus making her a very useful citizen to the kampong that she lives in. One day, a man called Awang Usop met Dayang Kumuna and fell in love with her. The usual boy meets girl, boy falls head over heels, and he proposed to her. Dayang Kumuna agreed with one condition. He must never make her laugh. And without any hesitation whatsoever, Awang Usop agreed with this term and condition. So, they were wedded. Not long after, her father died, so she became sad and depressed. Thankfully, shortly after, they were blessed with children, and this filled the emptiness in her heart. So, they lived happily until they had about um, five children. But one day, as they were chilling by the river with the kids, everyone was laughing at each other's antiques, except for Kumuna. Usop saw this... Usop? <laughs> Usop saw this and was like, Aku rasa belum bahagia sepenuhnya, karena tidak pernah melihat tayang ketawa. <laughs> I guess that's what happened in his head. So... Usopp was like, Dayang, laugh for me, baby. Please, just laugh for me. So he forced her to laugh. And she did. She laughed. Thus, revealing her gills when she did. She started sprinting towards the river and jumped into the water, turning into an ikan patin. Usopp suddenly remembered the perjanjian that they had and was saddened that he forced her. But, Dayang Kumuna was like, it's okay, take care of the kids and don't eat ikan patin. Bye! And she swam away. So that's basically why keturunan Melayu Sarawak are banned from eating ikan patin. Because they believe it's like memakan keturunan sendiri. And also that it might cause illness. According to my mom, it's a migraine or a headache. Which to me can easily be solved by popping some panadols. <laughs> so that, that was the story of Lagenda Ikan Patin Sarawak. As usual, I have my own thoughts regarding this. I'll start with number one. To me, there were many flaws to these stories that just didn't make sense. I don't know the relevance of the father in the story aside from him discovering a baby next to a river. He kind of did not serve anything to the plot after that. Number two, why would you have an agreement without a basic understanding? Usopp did not ask why that uh, Kumuna cannot laugh. I'm sure Usopp would have been more empathetic if he knew that um, Dayang Kumuna would shift into a fish if she laughed. And number three, all of this just really shows the lack of communication between those two couple. If she was honest and he just asked, I'm sure we wouldn't have to deal with these um, dietary restrictions. <laughs> Number four, how did this chick who was half fish but grew up with humans just knew that she couldn't laugh after she got married? And if she did, she would turn into a fish? It doesn't really make sense to me. I bet there were details to it that's just lost with time. And then, how is it that Kumuna was just able to talk as a fish. And, and, why didn't Awang Usop take care of his wife in fish form? Like, just, like, scoop her out of the water and take care of her. 
And last, 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 okay. Why did Diane Kumuna just knew that she was going to procreate so much to the point that she was like, don't eat your future half-siblings? A lot of it just didn't make sense to me. And as I just stated, I have so many unanswered questions. So, so, so that's it. I actually have more stories to share about our local legends. But I don't know. I feel like I should keep it for another time. I had fun doing this episode. It's so interesting to me because I was rereading the stories and also going through my emotions just like the first time that I read them. Which to me is nostalgic. So I hope you guys like listening to this. I have an announcement by the way. This Sunday, I will be appearing somewhere that I'm not used to appearing. I'll be talking in someone else's podcast. The clue is... I don't think you need a clue, by the way. Siapa yang lain ada podcast? I'll be on a Centennial Story! So, it was so fun to record the episode with them. And it makes me want to invite people here too. So, don't forget to tune in to a Centennial Story. It's going to be out. When this is out, it'll be out in two two more days. So, inside on Sunday. So, as usual, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you like it, I will continue with more stories. Because I do have more to tell. Not that much lah. Maybe like two or three more <laughs> local legends. But, anyways... Thank you for listening. I'll probably not see you guys next week because I have exams. So, wish me luck. Bye.